Sports. I hate it. Sports. We have a playoff one, too. What do you mean? Remember how we did a bunch of different ones? Talking? Playoff. Yeah. yeah. I think we should just go back to the football one, Mike. Okay. I just hate it so much. It's like a pig or something. Like, it's like a weird animal. What's up, everybody? Thank you. Uh, coming up, we got LeVar Arrington. He's a former NFL All-Pro linebacker. Works at Fox Sports Radio. He was the second overall pick in the year 2000. We talk about who the quarterback was he hated playing against the most. He compares this certain quarterback to a cyborg, which I thought was pretty funny. <laughs> mm-hmm. But LeVar Arrington, we talk about draft and ask him when he feel rich first time. And, you know, it is what it is. He went where he went. All right, let's start the show. All right, there's your whistle. And we'll get to LeVar Arrington right after the tittle-tattle. So let's go with the tittle-tattle first. It's time for Another NFL draft in the books. Where do you think would be the best host city if you're to attend a draft? When it was in Nashville, it was so legit. There were more people at this draft here in this town than any other draft they've ever had. I mean, it was wild. I mean, all of Broadway. It was bonkers. And I thought Kansas City looked pretty good, too. They had a lot of people there. And I think because there's not a lot to do in Kansas City as compared to Los Angeles, New York, even Vegas. Mm-hmm. I think the people showed up, and it was really great representation. Um, Vegas be cool though too. I mean, I know, I know they go to Vegas, maybe even last year, the year yeah, before. Yeah, last year. I'm, I'm going to go Nashville, but if we're going to have to go cities that we're not living in, or they haven't had, I think it would be cool to have an NFL draft in like San Diego. Weather's good. Everybody likes to be there. You can do a lot of outdoor like festivities. That'd be cool. That'd be a great Or just spot. pick a really small town in a rural area and be like, Wexico, Nebraska. <laughs> like, that would be awesome. <laughs> then the whole the, the whole town's like, this is crazy. We can't believe it's here. Yeah. And you have like the mayor up announcing. Like, that would be legit. Mountain Pine, Arkansas would freak the crap out. That would be, that would be awesome. I think Nashville is the best draft I've ever seen. And not because I live here and worked at for ABC, but just because there was just so many people there. And I was just amazed how people were dressed up. Like, it's just people reading a card. People were dressed up in full... Regalia for the New York Giants. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. Next question. After Curry's historic seven ga- or game seven 50-point performance, what's the most memorable single-game performance you've ever seen? I was thinking about this as far as... I don't know. I've convinced myself that I watched Michael Jordan's flu game. I've convinced myself that I was watching it live. Now, I might have been. 1997, game five... I feel like I was, but you know, after you see something so many times over and over again, you start to feel like maybe I watched that live. Yeah. I don't know if I did. If you asked me to put money on it, I would say I did. But I would say that's probably the most memorable game just because the announcers were making so much of it. And now the legend of it has, I mean, it, the last dance, a big part of that is about that. I feel like I've seen it. And I for sure didn't watch it live. If I right. did, I was six. So I was like, I don't remember this. It scored 38 points in game five, but hasn't it come out now that it was like bad pizza? I think so, yeah. Didn't they talk about that in The Last Dance? Yeah, like a group of guys delivered it. Yeah, it was like all weird. And so it really wasn't the flu, but 
it's the flu because they just thought it was the flu that day, so it's lived on. Regardless, he was sick. Yeah. And he's all sweaty and clammy and like he still was able to rock it. But I'd probably go to that. And I do think I was 17th. So I would have watched that game. But I, I don't remember. I remember Jordan. I was watching the game when he hit the step back against the Jazz. Or maybe I've just seen that one so many times. <laughs> yeah, I don't know so what I've uh, seen and what I haven't at this point. What's reality? That's crazy. <laughs> um, I did look up some of the best single game performances. There was a game, Jerry Rice had 11 catches and 215 yards in the Super Bowl against the Bengals. Now, I remember the Bengals lose. I was so sad because I was a Bengals fan. I know I watched the game. I don't remember this about Jerry Rice. Because 23, I must have been young, young. I was the biggest Boomer Esiason fan because oh, he was yeah. a left-handed quarterback. And that's what I was up until like eighth grade until I started to play wide receiver. But I remember watching being so sad, but I do not remember that stat line. But I'm going to go the, the flu game because I watched it for sure. Maybe. <laughs> Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> All right, next one. Well, let's say we did. In honor of two all-time greats with Steph and LeBron set to face off, what's a playoff matchup you wish happened but never did between two players or two teams? I mean, LeBron and Kobe would have been cool. You know, when I think about matchups, I always like the Brady-Peyton Manning matchup, even though they always played in the AFC Championship mostly. Mm-hmm. Like, that was a really cool... I don't even know about rivalry, but it was just a really cool matchup that I did like to see. Now, Jordan and Kobe played each other. For sure. I know they played each other at some point. I've seen tape of it. Unless, I, unless it didn't really happen. <laughs> Here we go. I mean, I don't know about the playoffs. Oh, not playoffs. I'm or just saying they general, played each yeah. other. Yeah, yeah, yeah they yeah, for yeah. sure played against each other. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but probably LeBron and Kobe. I mean, Brady and Breeze never played in the playoffs against each other. But man, Steph, Steph is just a killer. Oh, yeah. I know we're not talking about game seven right now. I'll probably get to it later, but Steph is just a killer. But I'm going to go LeBron and Kobe probably playoff. All right, next one. After a major, major disappointment from the Bruins, setting an all-time record with wins in the regular season and letting down round one they lost last night. What's your most memorable letdown for a team? When the Patriots didn't win the Super Bowl after going undefeated, that's let down. Probably more for you than me. It still hurts. Yeah, but would you rather them lost earlier? Like in the playoffs, would you have rather them been eliminated earlier than to make it to the Super Bowl and lose being undefeated? Absolutely not. Like this one for the Bruins is more disappointing. Maybe it's a living in the now moment, but the Patriots at least went to the Super Bowl. What about the Yankees? They were up 3-0. That was beautiful. That was on the Red Sox. Beautiful. That's a good one. See, you get, you lost one, you got one. Yeah. Boy, hey. Boston's in all of these. <laughs> hey, we've had Either a lot winning of or ones. losing. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I'm going to go. That Patriots season was pretty big. And then, because I think that was the only time that it ever happened, was being down 3-0, and the Red Sox come back and win all four games in a row. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's crazy. All right, that's the Tittle Thank you. We're going to go over and talk with NFL All-Pro Penn State legend LeVar Arrington. He was the number two overall pick back in 2000 by Washington. He won the Buckus Award at Penn State, now in the College Football Hall of Fame. Who was drafted at one, Kevin? It was his own teammate, defensive end, Courtney Brown. Went to the Browns, Cleveland. For two reasons. That is ironic and weird. One, Brown to Brown, and two, I don't even, I mean, he went number one. I don't even remember him. Do you? Oh no, he and he only played five seasons. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna act like I know who he is. I don't remember him. I don't even know the name. 
Uh, you can find LeVar on Twitter at LeVar Arrington. Check out on his work. He's got his podcast network called Up On Game. They have close to 15 shows on the network. And he's got a new show with Plaxico Burris and TJ Huzmanjada. Did I say that right? Yeah. Huzmanjada? Huzmanjada? Huzmanjada. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Chad Johnson and Huzmanjada were awesome. Oh, I yeah. said it there. There you go. Yeah. Dang. Carson Palmer. Yeah, yeah. Man. Cedric Benson? Yeah. Cedric Benson from Texas. When he went from mm-hmm. Texas. I like that Bengals team. That's a good Bengals team. All right, here he is, LeVar Arrington. Hey, LeVar, what's happening? What's going on, boss? Hey, appreciate you being here. Were you covering the draft all weekend? Just uh, day one, first round. You know, when I watch the draft, my my wife doesn't understand why I will sit there for three hours and watch round one when it's only like 30 picks. She's like, what are you watching? You're watching a man walk up there with a card and read somebody's name. LeVar, can you tell me why it's so interesting to watch the draft? Because I'm... I'm in. I mean, I was in, and you couldn't peel me away from it. I mean, I got to be honest. I, I tend to side with your wife a little bit, Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I will say this. I, I think the intrigue and the excitement of guys who have worked hard to achieve and accomplish at a level where they're actually able to reap the benefit of it, it's not very often that you see someone who works to get to a point of where they get paid for what they do and it gets announced on national television, right? Everybody in the world gets to see you get hired by your your new employer. So I think the the storylines of every single guy is is unique and and specific to them. And so if that's what you're into, I mean, I always say football and, and well, football really is is like the greatest reality TV show going from day one. Yeah, I guess, too, I was into just figuring out where the quarterbacks were going to go because we knew Bryce Young was going to go a one, or we felt we did. And then it mm. was, would the Texans even take a quarterback? And then it was, where would Stroud fall if they didn't? Where would Levis? Where would Anthony Richardson end up? Will Maybe the quarterback intrigue was what had me so much this year. And so a lot's been made of Bryce's height and weight and kind of mostly the weight and the you know, mm-hmm. you know all the punishment he's going to take. Like what would you tell him if you had a few minutes to sit with him about what's going to happen this year? Well, I mean, the game has changed. So, I mean, the reason why height and weight has mattered so much is the the – pure physicality and and the brutality of football you know that's kind of been minimized guys aren't getting slammed around the way that they used to I mean we saw Tua get slammed around a little bit a couple guys but you know for the most part you can avoid a lot of contact that is is really debilitating to you as as a player and as a quarterback the rules are are really put in place to to protect you from being hurt so now you're running uh, an offense the, the offensive schemes these days are they're, they're called uh, RPO offenses Bobby and an RPO is basically you line the the quarterback maybe five six seven yards away from from the, the center and and you're you're snapping the ball almost like a shotgun and it's a rerun it's a rerun type of deal so not to get too deep into the football weeds but you're able to to look at the the defense, see how the defense is playing you as an offense, and if it looks like they're playing pass, you hand the ball off and let the running back run. If they look like they're playing the run, then you fake the handoff and you create a little bit of space and you throw the the, the read option for for the pass. So being tall doesn't really matter anymore because you're not standing under center. 
if I'm five ten and I'm standing under a guy that's six foot four, and then my guards are six foot five and my tackles are six foot six, that's a that's a bunch of mountains in front of you, some trees you can't see. But if you're five, six yards, seven yards off the ball and you're dropping three or four yards off of that, it really doesn't matter how tall you are, honestly. And to be quite frank, it doesn't matter how much you weigh either. Just you have enough time to get rid of the ball and throw the ball away before you're getting hit by guys from the defense. As far as RPOs go, very familiar because uh, I'm quite the Madden player, LeVar. That's right. Nice. I run, I run, run RPOs all the time. That's right. Option. option. That's it. Go. I'm Madden. My guy. That's right. Uh, so, okay, let me throw this at you. Being a former linebacker, would it be advantageous to a small quarterback because the linebacker maybe can't see him as well? We're worried about the quarterback not being able to see over the line, but what about the mm-hmm. other way? What about the linebackers trying to find that small quarterback? Is there anything to that? Uh, I think the reads still remain the same. I think you study the tendencies of a team as a linebacker. Uh, we have keys. So I, I read through the center, the guard, to the backs, and the quarterback. So whatever those guards are doing, if you see a guard pull back, then you're ultimately going to you're going to get a read that that basically takes you to the ball, um, or or it, it's going to be a pass. All right. If 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 a if a lineman pulls back and doesn't go forward or to the side, uh, you're 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 having a situation where it's probably going to be a pass. If they go side or come forward, it's either a quick pass or it's a run. It's either a quarterback keeper or it's a, a handoff of some sort or it's a, a screen play. It's going to be quick. The ball is going to come out quick. So as a linebacker, our, our keys still remain the same in terms of how we read the offense. Were there ever such obvious tells by watching tape that you knew even before the play started because they didn't self-scout themselves and you're like, oh, for sure, I know this play. I've seen it 70. Was it ever that easy where you could just go, well, he's lined up here and he's this direction. Go get it. Have you ever watched my college highlights? Uh, at Penn State, I've, se- I've seen like a YouTube greatest hits. But I- that doesn't count because it's like you were you were a man amongst boys, it looked like there, more so yeah, than you predict and play. That's, 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 that's film study. That's film study. When you're, when you're leaping over lines and, and, and hurtling, you know, guys that are trying to block you, that's because you've studied them so much and you found that tendency and you've locked in on a tendency. If a guy drops his head, his shoulders following, that means he's trying to chop block you. So you can leapfrog him. You know, you make yourself look really good on stuff that you do and look look real cool on the film and the footage that goes to like all of the sports outlets. You know what I mean, Bobby? <laughs> so yet you ab- absolutely can study uh, not only what the team's personality is as to what they do in downs and distances, but you can also study the players themselves um, specifically in terms of what it is that they're going to do. So absolutely, that's and that's both sides. You got to self-scout defensively um, by position. You got to do it offensively as well. I'm assuming that Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud start when the season starts, both for Carolina and for the Texans. As far as Will Levis goes, obviously, uh, which is where we are in Tennessee, we got a quarterback that's got one year left on his deal, yeah. and yeah. Anthony Richardson going to the Colts. Do you think Anthony Richardson starts right away in Indianapolis? But who else do they have? I would assume that if Anthony Richardson uh, can 
can learn the offense and can acclimate uh, and integrate into the locker room quickly enough that he will have an opportunity to be a starter for the Colts. Um, as for for Will Levis, he, I mean, you got to believe he might be the steal of the draft um, the way he slid and fell down so far. And it's, it's interesting because you guys took Malik Willis last year. So you draft a, a pretty good quarterback from Liberty last year. You get Will Levis this year and you got Ryan Tannenhill um, that has one more year. You'd assume it's still Tannehill's job, but I would not be surprised if under the circumstances that Will Levis speeds up the process for him to actually be able to challenge for the starting job as well in Tennessee. What do you make of the reports coming out that Will Levis bombed his interviews with teams? Like what exact how exactly can you bomb an interview? Yeah, you know, you you hear mixed things. There there was I guess the reports that a lot of people weren't in love with Will Levis coming out of the interviews and different things like that. Why that is, you know, I don't I don't know. I I really don't. I would find it very difficult to turn somebody off in an interview, right? Like at this point, you've done everything you've needed to do. Uh, you're being invited to to come spend time. What exactly are you going to say and do? Like, are you are you passing gas while you're there? Is it real <laughs> funky? Like like. Did you not brush your teeth? Do you have a whole bunch of food stuck in your gums? Like, I'm trying to think of what would be the things that would be so offensive in a football arena, by the way. We're not talking politics. You know what I mean? We're not in the Oval Office, and you're talking about trying to be be uh, the, you know, the person, the aide, and the assistant to the president or something like that. We're talking about being uh, a football player. Uh, I'm not 100% certain with all of the – the things that go along with football and the etiquettes that are or, or lack thereof. I'm not 100% sure how you turn people off in an interview other than just being purely ignorant in how it is you go about your business. And I know Will Levis personally. He's not the ignorant type of dude. Like he's not going in there. He's not being, you know, uh, totally disregarding, you know, what what the scenario is that's in front of him. So I don't know what that report means. I don't know what he had to have done for that to be the way he was perceived. But I did hear those same reports, like people weren't in love with him when when they had their their interviews with him. You were talking about Bijan Robinson and how you compared him to Thermos Thermo Thomas uh, from Buffalo. Yeah. Why is that? What's the similarities yeah. there? You know, I just think the way they're built, uh, the way the way they move. Like Thurman Thomas was a very, very smooth, but a very squatty running back. Um, even Barry Sanders like, right? And they both came out of Oklahoma State. I mean, so they're both Big 12, Big 12 schools um, that we're talking about. But Bijan just has that type of movement where to me it's squatty, but it's quick, it's decisive, it's on balance. And, and he's very versatile, um, great vision. His change of direction uh, ability is, is phenomenal. And just watching him, he just looked like a young Thurman Thomas. You know, and I'm a, I'm a, I'm a football geek. I'm a fan of, 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 of the history of the game. So a lot of times I really take pride in, in being able to kind of relate what new talent looks like in comparison to older talent. And so Thurman goes back a little ways. Um, back into the 90s and even into the late 80s. 
Um, but I just saw that as as definitely maybe an appropriate comparison to the type of game that Bijan has. You were drafted second overall in year two thousand. How long until? Ain't that special, man? Yeah, it's special. It's very it's special. Cool. It's very cool. Pretty cool. How long till you? Get that's to- why I got. That's that's why I got that nice little uh, you know stairwell casing right there. You see that? Yeah, I felt that. You know, you got a lot of money when you got a casing on a stairwell, not just a rail. You know, you right. got like you a like design. That? You like that? How long until you get a paycheck? What you mean? When you get drafted, like you, here he is, number two overall pick. At the time, you got to sign. Well, see, that's the thing. You got to be signed. So you're drafted, and they said that they they're taking you, but you still got to get a contract done. When you go number one, you go number two. You can get started on that process immediately. That could actually happen before they even call your name. Sometimes it, it drags out, and they call guys holdouts, but. You really, in theory, and by definition, you can't really be a holdout because you haven't been officially hired, right? You got to sign the paperwork. You guys got to agree to the deal, and now you become an employee of the team. So sometimes it gets done quick. Sometimes it doesn't. I mean, now with the slotting of of contracts coming into the league, um, it's pretty easy. Like you're, you're not you're not going to have guys holding out. Um, there's there's like a few things that you have to talk through um, in terms of guarantees and options and stuff like that. But pretty much the contract is pretty much the contract for rookies coming into the draft, which it was a little different in 2000 when I came in. We we actually negotiated a deal, and you could actually get a really, really favorable and big deal before having ever played uh, a, a down of football in the league. So it, it depends. You could get it as, as early as the night before the draft, before they call your name. If you're the number one guy, you could have your deal done before you they even call your name, or it could go well into camp before you get a deal done. But how long until you felt like you were rich? I was never poor, though. Yeah, but rich and poor and not poor are two different things. You don't you don't get a casing like that I'll on your say, stairwell. I'll say wealthy. I'll say wealthy. Okay, go ahead. When, when did I feel wealthy? Probably, I don't know. I don't think I've ever felt wealthy. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever felt first time to that this check. Day, I don't know that. Uh, I feel first time wealthy, that check bro. hits, though, I'm feeling pretty good. You're feeling. I felt. I felt good. You know. I'll tell you. I I probably only looked at three or four checks in my entire career, man. Like I just I, I I made sure my money was was in in the, the proper places, but I just never was it, it never was big to me to obsess over it. You know, I felt like you did it for so long to get to where you can make that that type of, you know, that type of wage doing what it is that you love to do. So once I made it, I kind of felt like if I got too deep into that aspect of it, I might lose the essence of who I was. So I still stayed hungry like I had never even accomplished or achieved anything, you know, to begin with. I mean, I did walk into a Ferrari dealership with with a pair of like raggedy shorts on and, and a torn up um, practice uh, T-shirt and some flip flops and and mess around with a salesperson. And they wanted to kick me out and have me removed from the premises. And and I did end up buying a 360 Medina right there on the spot. Um from from the the actual uh, another salesperson who came out and was actually very cordial and kind to me, um, I did I did flex a few times. I definitely flexed, um, but I just wasn't obsessed by it. So I don't know that I ever felt like I was like, oh, you made it, and oh, you're rich and stuff like that. I've just always kind of been on to the next. It's like just trying to 
keep accomplishing. Uh, and that might be a corny answer, but Bobby, I'm just telling you, I'm still like that to this day. That's why I'm on this phone call interview with you, right? Because I'm with iHeart. I'm with Fox Sports Radio. I just continue to just kind of keep building what it is that I do. Just stay hungry, humble and hungry. I was listening to Cowherd's podcast and I heard um, Up On Game come on, the promo you guys do for Up On Game. <laughs> and it was it's you and Hujmanzada and Plaxico. And I was right. like, yeah, I was like, dang, that is like a legit group of guys here talking about legit. football. Yeah. So <laughs> how, how did you three come together to do this show? Well, I was an evil scientist. You know, you, receivers are the most touched, um, special individuals that you'll ever meet that that play football. So they're very they're very uh, interesting, we'll say, and how they view the world around them. Um, and TJ and Plexico even in particular, more specifically, are very touched and very special. Uh, TJ has such a strong, pronounced, underdog, boulder-on-his-shoulder um, type of approach. And Plexico's just real smooth and and just very, very laid-back, unassuming, but yet very opinionated type of dude. Um, and I just like being the one that kind of facilitates the discussions um, as a linebacker, I like to like create and instigate like we did in the locker rooms and sit back and see what color the wall is going to be. Once you throw something out there and you get it started, you get it popping, then you start to realize that, you know, you hear a lot of, of cool things being tossed around in terms of what it would sound like if you were sitting in the locker room listening to a conversation take place. You guys can check out LeVar's podcast network. It's also called Up On Game. They have close to 15 shows. You can subscribe. Just go search for Up On Game on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Final question, LeVar. Who was the quarterback that you hated line, being lined up across from? Because he was also reading you as much as you were reading him, if not more. Quarterback that I didn't like the most, that I hated the most. And not mm. personally, but you knew you also couldn't fall into your tendencies because – if he sees you do this, he's going to know That's exactly Peyton, where you're going. Peyton Manning, dopest quarterback ever to me. What separated Peyton him? Manning, his IQ, simple. He just he was he was like a cyborg, half man, half machine, man, half <laughs> half computer, half like artificial intelligence, like just a cyborg type dude, you know. And you could tell he was analyzed. Dear, do that. Adjust, red alert, like like real, real computer like man. Like Peyton Manning was the dude. Listen, you guys go subscribe to Up on Game, and you can see all the shows. Check out the show Up on Game, and then also you know two pros and a cup of Joe. It sounds like you're always yeah. you're always giving your opinion on something. Like you are in the opinion game now. You're on every show. Yeah. You got like 17 shows you're doing here. So congratulations. Hey, Bobby Bones, appreciate it, man. I appreciate the plug. I appreciate you having me on, man. LeVar, good to talk to you, buddy. Hopefully I'll see you soon. Sounds good, man. Appreciate you. Bye-bye. All right, thanks to LeVar Arrington. Yeah, you guys, be sure to check out his podcast and check out his whole podcast network there. Uh, Quickly, NBA playoff recap. The Nuggets beat the Suns 125-107, go up 1-0 in the series. I mean, KD had a game, 29 points, 14 rebounds, but it's like he played almost 40 minutes. Booker played 40 minutes. I mean, I don't know after watching a lot of that game that the Suns are going to be able to play as effective when those two guys are playing. The They look tired. Mm-hmm. What do I know? Maybe I already know they're tired, so I just think they're tired, so I look tired, but they look tired. So we'll see what's up 
I mean, I'd still take the Suns, but if they lose another one, if they go down 0-2, that's going to be tough. Yeah. Uh, Heat beat the Knicks, 108-101, despite Butler's late injury. He Did he come back in, though? Yeah. He, I felt like he came he, back in the game. He never even left. Shot his free throws and stayed That in. makes sense, then. Yeah. Okay. Because they were like, he's... But then I they said, Butler's injured, so I turned it on, and he was in, and I said... I saw him wiped out on the floor. This is what it was. He was on the floor. ESPN had posted a thing where he's like laying there. I don't even know what happened. And it's like Butler injured. But then I turned it back on and he was still in the game. Yeah, he never even left. He had 25 points, 11 rebounds. They call him Hemi Butler. (laughs) I like that. Man, I feel like the Heat could have beat the Knicks anyway. But they're close. They're going to have to play the winner of that Boston and Philadelphia um, series over there. But... I mean, can the Heat do it? I know, they scared Can the Heat do it? I don't think they can, but can the Heat do it? Uh, we'll talk about Steph Curry's 50-point game, which Steph had to do it all. And I watched probably 75% of this game, and they were resting Steph early, I think, because they knew that Steph had to do it all. But he also shot almost 40 times, and that is very un-Steph characteristic. Mm. Because... He he just isn't. He's going to be far more efficient than that. But he shot twenty for thirty eight from the field, seven for eighteen from threes, and six assists, fifty points. Crazy. I mean, he won the game. Steph won the game for them. He was unbelievable. They relied on Steph. Unbelievable. I watched him shoot shots that I'm still amazed that he makes, even after seeing him his whole career make them. Right. Like you, did the scoop? That was boom. Dang. That one where he hit Jordan Poole, he ran into him, and then like somehow yeah. still stayed up and then did a floater, and you're like, dude, what? Yeah, it's crazy. So they will now face the Lakers. Like, who, who do you pull for here? Come on. I pull for the Lakers. Warriors. I like the Warriors a lot, but I'm going to pull for the Lakers because I said they could actually make the championship, and Kevin laughed at me. So <laughs> I I'm said gonna... second round, so here we go. This and is it. And I like that if LeBron wins this, I think if he wins one, one more, you got to start giving him more credit as the best of all time. Or at least all those people that shut him down immediately because he's the point leader. He's got more playoff wins than anybody, but he may be tied with somebody. Like, series wins. In everything but rings, it's LeBron. Another ring? Another ring with the point title? And you're not going to tell me LeBron's the best ever? Uh, 2023 NFL Draft. I made some notes. I know Kevin did a deal. You guys can check it out. It was five minutes from right after the draft where we talked about it. But here's the notes that I had. I heard that Levis's draft interviews did not go well, and that's why I moved back. Heard that from a couple people, not just stuff that I read. We talked to LeVar Arrington about that a little bit, as you heard. But I don't know what it could have been either. I mean, what do you do, show up late? That's about the only way you make – or you're too arrogant. I don't know. Yeah. But you also want your, you want your quarterback to kind of be full of himself in like a healthy way. You won't have so much confidence that it starts to border on cocky. Like Joe Burrows. Like, that's the dude. Yeah. Wouldn't want to hang out with him, I don't think. But that's what you want out of your quarterback. I lost a lot of money on Richardson. Because I bet it... Uh, I, I text Kevin immediately. Yeah. I was like, four. It, it's so stupid. As soon as Stroud went, you're like, oh, no. So stupid. Uh, the Cowboys, we have a clip of this where one of the scouts for the Cowboys got to draft his own son the running back from Kansas State. Mm -hmm. It's pretty cool. I'll play this for you. Here you go. Hey, buddy. How's it going? Hey, it's going good. This is Dad. My phone wasn't working. Look at here, man. You want to come to work with me next week? (laughs) I wouldn't mind that. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty awesome. So cool. It doesn't mean he's going to make it or make the team, but 
He's got a decent chance to. Hmm? Was it a fourth or fifth round pick? Fourth, I believe. I feel like if you're drafted in, in the first four rounds, you got a really good shot to make the team. But there you go. Deuce Vaughn, running back for Kansas State. Pick 212. Oh, sixth round. Oh, yeah, he's got tough. It's going to be a tough, tough run to make the team. Mm-hmm. It's a sixth round pick. But that's pretty cool. I like that clip, though. I sent it to Mike on Instagram with a little paper airplane. I was like, save this. We're going to do this for sure on the show. Uh, they're going to release the schedule May 11th for the NFL, which is pretty exciting. Joel Embiid likely doubtful for game one versus the Celtics. How does that make you feel, Celtics fan? Great. More confident. I wasn't, I mean, even when we play him, he goes off. I'm really not worried about the Sixers that much. But with him out, it's like. You're not on. worried about the Sixers? I'm not, I No, I just, we've played them so well. We match up against them so well. The pl- I'd be worried. I'm yeah. I'll be worried every game for here on out. I'm worried. Of course, I'm worried, but I just think the Celtics are so confident against the Sixers and they match up so well against them that I think they'll win it in six. And be dealing with a sprained LCL on his right knee that he suffered in game three, first round versus the Nets. I also feel like Embiid's always hurt. There's always something. But I guess when you're that tall, that big, that athletic, odds are there's just more body to get hurt. You know what I'm saying? Mm hmm. He falls a lot. You ever notice that? A lot. A lot. Yeah. Dylan Brooks fined 25000 bucks for not talking to media. He's also a free agent. Yeah. He just didn't embrace the villain role. You just got to stick with it. Because people hate you or love you anyway. And then you kind of petered out. Like, ah, I don't want to talk. I don't. No, you got to stay. Keep trolling. Mm-hmm. Even if you lose, keep trolling. Because eventually you're going to be back on top in some way. And you'll be like, I told you. Just hold on long enough. If you keep walking to the right long enough, you'll end up in California. <laughs> Just keep going east because eventually you'll come all the way back around. But Dylan Brooks fined 25000 bucks for not talking to the media. And again, I mean, he struggled. After that one game, he struggled the entire rest of the series. He struggled shooting 31% from the floor and 24% from three-point range. Again, he'll be an unrestricted free agent in the offseason. Arch Manning has declined all NIL deals. Which is pretty cool. And listen, you can hit me with, well, his parents are rich. Okay. But he still probably like to make his own money and have some cool deal. So the fact that he's turned them all down, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I, I think that says a lot about him. According to Steve Sarkeesian, Manning has opted against signing any deals because he's not the team's starting quarterback. Manning is the third-ranked student-athlete on the On3 Sports NIL evaluation list. His evaluation is $3.2 million, like when they did the valuation on him. Dang. He doesn't need the money, I get it, but still, he can make his own money for the first time ever. And he's not doing it until he's the starter. I saw some guys giving him a hard time because he didn't look great in the spring game. Oh, okay. But he was, he's 17. Yeah, I'm like, come on. He's still supposed to be in high school. Yeah. Like, he left high school early. Yeah, get out of here. <laughs> what were you doing at 17? I was working maintenance on the golf course. <laughs> not you, I'm just saying. Oh, that. I was telling you, not that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Lamar Jackson's deal happened, thank God. So we have to talk about it all the time. But Lamar Jackson inked the $260 million deal, but it's $185 million guaranteed. He doesn't need NIL deals anymore. He's good, too. He's, yeah. he's all caught up in money. He's a starter, right? Yeah. Yeah. For now. Okay. Until he gets hurt again. That's yeah, true. True. Partially way through the next season. Uh, can we get a Eddie clip about the Cowboys there, Mike? Mm-hmm. Go ahead. What you want? I don't care. Hey, this is our year. Thanks, Eddie. I appreciate that. <laughs> 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 I don't know what to say to that. Give me another one. Wow. How about them Cowboys? There he is. So the Cowboys added a tight end. Um, 
you know, they did not draft an offensive lineman of the fifth round, and that was kind of what everyone thought they would load up on. Um, so not sure how Eddie feels about it. I feel like the Cowboys were one of the teams I expected a little more from. However, the the kid from Michigan, when he was drafted, you saw, were you watching, uh, I think it was like maybe ESPN2, and they had the room full of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Cowboys linebacker was in the room. No, Leighton and Van. No, Micah Parsons. Yes. Yes. That was like a bleacher report thing, I think. Oh, that wasn't on TV? Yeah. Okay. All I did was see the clips of it. Yeah. So Micah Parsons was like, I told you I texted the coach we need to draft him. And he was going crazy. Mm. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So uh, Cowboys, I'm sorry. Do you have a, you have a sad one? Uh, let's see. Did he leave us a sad one? Hey, dude, that was a tough hey, that was a tough week. Tough week, tough matchup. We'll get him next week, though. Get him next week, Eddie. <laughs> next week's draft. <laughs> yes. Uh the Eagles crushed. Ugh. Will Levis slid, 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 but I think he ended up in a great place. Mm-hmm. I think if he went to the Titans at 11, which I think was their pick, I think that would have been great. But he ended up with the Titans at second pick of the second round. Mm-hmm. So I think he's still in a very fortunate place for him to actually have a shot to play significant downs and minutes this year, but for next year. I think Will Levis was a big winner, even though he was a big loser day one. I mean, not a big loser, but like a big loser for saying winners and losers from the draft. That sucks. It's embarrassing. So embarrassing. It's embarrassing. Yeah. You're sitting there thinking you're going to be a top five, top six, top seven pick, and all of a sudden, top 10, okay, top 50. Oh, crap. And then you look at the board and you see everybody coming up, mm-hmm. and they don't need a quarterback, and so you're waiting for somebody to trade in, but nobody does. Couldn't believe it. Yeah. He opted not to come back for day two. Kind of a quitter. <laughs> come up. back. Come back, Will Levis. You sit there all for day one. At least go day two. Sit in the room, let him call your name, walk out there, show you have some resolve. You think he got right on the first flight out? He said, get me out of Kansas City. I don't know if he left or not. I would assume, right? I saw, well, there's footage. He was at a house when he got drafted. So probably back home? Yeah. I would have stayed, though. I'd have stayed and showed those coaches who said I didn't have good interviews. I'm here, baby. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it sucked for Will Levis. Yeah. But then I think he ended up in a really fortunate place. The dad who slapped his son's oh, yes. girlfriend's butt. What the heck? That was hilarious. I think twice. Does he, did he forget they were filming that? <laughs> uh, and then the Tennessee quarterback, Hooker, going third round mm-hmm. to the Lions. I like that. It's interesting that he fell all the way to the third round. People were like, he's going to be at the backside of the first round. There was not a run. He did not go. He ended up in the third round. And yeah, he'll get to play behind Goff. And he'll not be in a rush to bounce back, to feel like he needs to bounce back. Goff's their guy. And maybe he gets to play a little bit. There were two running backs drafted in the top 12 picks, right? Mm -hmm. Because Detroit also took the Alabama running back, but Bijan to Atlanta early, way earlier than I thought. Initially, they had Bijan going to like 23. I saw some Cowboys speculation that he'd kind of sit and wait, and the Cowboys would take him at whatever pick they were. Yeah. No, Atlanta jumped early on him. So my thing, though, is we really don't know who wins or loses the draft until five, ten years down the road. It's fun to just go, well, the Eagles... Had a great draft, and they got DeAndre Swift in a trade, so they're the big winners. We don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Based on the data that we have of that night, Philadelphia did awesome. I mean, Witherspoon going to Seattle, man, that's going to be good. Love I it. feel like that's going to be really good. Um, the Texans getting C.J. Stroud and Will Anderson and trading up quick. I was stunned by that trade. I'm sitting there watching, and I'm like, C.J. Stroud, dang it. I guess that means Richardson's not you know, going to go – Quickly now, 
And they're like, the Texans have traded up. And I was like, oh, good. Somebody will block this Richardson move. But it was the Cardinals pick at three. And then they, they take uh, Will Anderson Jr. from Alabama. Yeah, two cornerstone guys. Yeah. Back-to-back, offense and defense. So I'm predicting now, Texans Super Bowl champs. Okay. <laughs> I'm not predicting that at all. All right, pretty good sports weekend, I would say. You? Yeah, I loved overall. it. Except the great. Bruins losing, that sucks for you. That was brutal. I was just watching it. Kind of like you watch a natural disaster on the other side of the world. Like you feel bad for everybody, but it doesn't feel close to you because I don't watch hockey. <laughs> that's, a, that's a very good way to put it. Because like, you'll see something like a tsunami. And another, I don't even know. What it, I've never been in a tsunami, and I feel bad. For, I feel really bad for them. And I'm like, man, I can't imagine. But I don't understand the tsunami part of it. And it's so far away from me that it really just feels like it's something on TV. Yeah. It's like watching the brew. I don't even know anything about hockey. But I felt bad for you. I felt bad for Boston fans. Yeah. Felt bad for the guy who listens to our show who plays for the Bruins. I know. Sent up a box of Bruins stuff. He did? Yeah. To yeah. who? There's one in here. To who? To you. Yeah. The show. To the show or to me? Well, you asked for it. I did? Yeah. You said if any listener. Oh, but not from him. No. From their like sports. Uh, but not from a listener show. who went out and bought it. No. No, no, no from no. them. It's from their sport, like a sports like, department? They're, um, yeah, like their their sports shop at the facility. At the, that's legit. At the garden. I, I didn't become a fan quick enough. <laughs> Next year we're gonna do it, baby. <laughs> Bruins for life. Do you guys have a saying? Uh, go bees. Yeah, go I bees. Mean, yeah. yeah, go bees. <laughs> the bees are buzzing. All right, that's it. We're done. Um, let's go. Final thoughts. My final thought. I'll start. Is about Reed. <laughs> oh God. Reed got his new golf clubs. Got a man, got his irons. Which, by the way, Kevin and I go on Friday, right? Yeah. Or Thursday. Yeah, Friday. Friday. Um, I'm going too. Do you know that? Yeah, I was, that was actually my final thought. I was going to ask you some questions. Okay, yeah, you can. Yeah, okay. Uh, but got his clubs fitted, and he bought them, and he was whacking them on Instagram. Even one of our bosses was like, Reed plays golf? And I was like, yeah, I used to play golf in high school. And I gave Reed a hard time because he shot like 30 over <laughs> a couple weeks ago. I played terrible this week, and I was like, I should never say anything to Reed. But then I got uh, a message that goes, Reed, has just finished around, plus four. And I was like, dang, Reed must have got some magic golf clubs. <laughs> and I said, Reed, you went plus four? And he could have easily lied. And he went, well, we were playing a scramble, and it rained the whole time. Yeah. I mean, it was a two-man scramble at that. That's still pretty good, it, yeah, though. It rained, and it hailed on us. Your clubs... Do you feel like they've made a difference? 100%. I just feel a lot more comfortable. I'm you know, standing up a lot straighter, and yeah. uh, it still takes a minute to get used to it. Um, I wasn't hitting it as solid as I wanted it to, but they were going straight, so I'll take it. My when final was thought was about replaying golf and me wishing I would have made fun of him shooting 30 over because I shot really, really, really bad. Like, when did you play that round? <laughs> uh, the day after I played with you. Okay, because we played, went on Saturday. Oh, you guys played? Yeah. Actually, yeah, it was yesterday. Yeah, it was on Sunday. Yeah. Okay, because yeah. I was like, what is this rain and all this stuff? <laughs> How did Reed play? <laughs> he did you? good. How did yeah, you he play? I actually played decent. It was a rough start, but got a lot better. It was fun. Yeah, that was good. Okay. He, I was I was really shocked at how well Kevin Kevin performed out there. Nice. He did yeah, really yeah, good. Yeah. Thanks, Coach. Thanks. Well, my final thought is I shouldn't have made fun of Reed because I played horrible. And I have to play golf with our CFO on Wednesday who's flying in from New York to play golf. Oof. Yeah. We're going Shoot. to a club here in town. I'm not a member of it, but it's me. Our CFO, Jake Owen, and somebody else. And I just don't want to be, I just don't want to humiliate myself. Because there are days I go out there and I just can't hit the ball. There are days I go out and I play really good. I can shoot like a 83, 84. I'm like, dang, I'm on. There are days where I go out and it's, I don't even know what my arms are doing. <laughs> they don't even do what I want them to do. And I'm just like flaring balls off all the time and I'm just embarrassed. 
So I'm hoping that doesn't happen. Raid, your final thought? Uh, well, my final thought was just going to be um, that I played with Kevin for the first time on the course, and uh, I was really shocked at how well he played. So Nice. I'm excited yeah. for Wait him to break 90. Fitted. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, I, this is without my own clubs, and I don't even have a pitching wedge. I'm using nines for everything. It's going to oh, be fun. He's got literal woods. No, he was <laughs> bending down like I used to. Yeah, like that's just because he's not an athlete. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Kevin, final thought? Yeah, I was just going to ask you. We haven't really talked about it. I don't know if we can say it, but Friday, like, it's the week. I'm excited. I can't wait, especially after playing the other day. Are we? Where are we going? And we so, all set up? You we're going to... We're going to a club where this guy works. He, he moves around, travels around, but he does a lot of his fitting at this specific club. So we're going to go down to this club, and you get in, like, a driving range or a shed or wherever, and you just hit balls, hit balls, hit balls, hit balls, hit balls. And he's like, try this, try that, try this. What about this? Da, 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 da. And so it takes a while. And, I, you know, he said, hey, you should come too. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to go just watch Kevin hit balls. He goes, no, we need to fit you for a putter. We never did that. And I was like, you fit for a putter? He's like, yeah. I said, all right, I'll be there. Okay. So we'll go. And then I'll leave probably before you really get going. Okay. Because I always get embarrassed too if, I can't, if I'm hitting terribly. And he's like, try this club. <laughs> Yeah, I don't want you watching me the whole time. Right, <laughs> yeah. right, right. So that's what we'll do. Awesome. I yeah. can't wait. Yeah, yeah. Am I going as well? Shout out to Cobra. Uh, yes. Yeah, because you're filming him. Yeah, cool. Yeah. So, all right, that's what's up. Thank you guys. Have a great uh, week. We weren't going to come on today and do this show. However, there was such a massive sports weekend. We thought we would. Are there commercials in this one, Mike, at all? No. See, we did this just for the people. Mm-hmm. I'm exhausted, too. This was for the people. Okay, <laughs> that's all. We will see you guys when we see you, whenever that is. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Theme song written by Bobby Bones and performed by Brandon Ray. Follow Brandon on socials at Brandon Ray Music. Thanks to our crew, segment producer at Kickoff Kevin, video producer at Reed Yarberry, and executive producer at Mike Distro. Most importantly, thank you for listening. I'm Bobby Bones. We'll talk to you next week.